Welcome everybody to Sacred Anarchy Live. I'm so excited to be back with you guys this week for another awesome episode. Uh, we are going to be getting into some pretty philosophical, cool stuff about Carl Jung's individuation. We're going to get into some Joseph Campbell, some of our favorite mentors today. So um, I just want to thank everybody so much for your comments, for your subscriptions uh, on our BitChute and Rumble. Um, as we've gotten kind of the hang of this uh, live cast. I'm also going to be creating a free membership uh, in the Sacred Anarchy Mystery School where you can listen to all of the episodes, the audio version or the video version, absolutely free inside of the Sacred Anarchy our uh, mailing list or followed me on Instagram. I'm pretty active there or joined the Telegram group. Uh, I will be giving you guys access to the mystery school uh, where you can access these episodes as well. This is just for the convenience for all of our amazing mystery school uh, students so that you guys can just continue to learn right at your fingertips. So without further ado, I want to give a warm welcome to my sidekick and honey. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Awesome. So let's go ahead and get into our wonderful presentation today on individuation, the path to self-mastery. You know, we think about the word self-mastery and a lot of different things kind of come up because it almost seems very avant-garde. It seems like, you know, is this really possible? There's so much to know about our technology, right? Our esoteric technology, which is exactly what this is. And when you start to think about who you are as a spiritual technology, you start to realize that the softwares and the hardwares and the plugins and all the things that we've got coming out of us uh, are all there playing a very specific part. This also includes your glands, you know, your your mind, your skin, your behaviors, your thoughts and actions, all of that plays a huge role. So I love this graphic you've chosen, honey. <laughs> this is like with Alex Gray, right? Yeah, this is an Alex Gray print, but that was very uh, masterful of a, a self, <laughs> right? A visual. If you were to, the if technology. You're gonna, <laughs> yeah, if you're going to embody self mastery, that that might be the ethereal visual going on. Beautiful. It tells exactly the story that we're going to be sharing with you guys today. And um, so I want to just encourage you guys, you might want to dedicate maybe a notebook to this live cast, uh, since every week we're definitely going to be diving deeper and deeper. We're doing our best to go uh, very sequentially, uh, meaning that you might want to start with episode one so you really understand uh, what we're doing with this live cast, what sacred anarchy is, and what the process is to being able to achieve that kind of world. So let's go ahead and get into our, our chat today. So tuned in last week, you might remember that we talked about the group mind and how an individual can be sucked into the group and lose themselves in the group and almost want to lose themselves in the group because they didn't have, they don't have to have any personal responsibility in the group. So uh, a big part of that was de-individuation and 
taking the the individual out of the mix and forcing them into the the mind of the group and most likely the the ever the the uh, overmind of whoever's leading that group and and orchestrating it so individuation is the exact opposite of that it's how to become a very strong uh confident individual and, and knowing yourself on all parts of yourself your conscious self and your unconscious self it's it's um uh, uh, one of carl jung's um one of the 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 topics that broke carl jung's um partnership with sigmund freud uh they they both knew that the unconscious was such a large part of the individual makeup but whereas uh Freud looked at the individual as the patient and the the um him as just the practitioner the the um the analyst looking at the patient uh Jung uh recognized that he too had uh dark parts of his psyche that he was a mirror image of the the patient which Freud wanted nothing to do with that. He was not going to admit that he was mentally, you know, ill or had issues like the patient did, whereas Jung well, well knew that he was, he was part of that. So this is um, one of Carl's quotes, uh, individuation means becoming an individual. And in so far as individuality embraces our innermost, last and incomparable uniqueness. It also implies becoming one's own self. We could therefore translate individuation as coming to selfhood. So. Beautiful. And, you know, kind of kick it off just right off the bat, because we're going to be diving pretty deep into this subject. But, you know, we've been really taught to disregard the night side. You know, I call this the night side, the invisible world, the unconscious, the the abyss, the feminine aspects of self. And the more that we bring the unconscious behaviors, thoughts, and so forth to the surface and make them conscious, we become more of an we become also more whole. So this coming to selfhood, and I might even say that that needs a capital S. That self is not just the lower self, it's the higher self and the lower self coming together to actually create what I call Sophia's light. And that's truly the uh, the quintessence of, of becoming an individual. And I love this, in, in, individual, not divided. Well, knowing that there's two, two parts of oneself and that yes. you have to you have to unify them. You have to find your dark parts, find, find the things that you avoid on the conscious daily life, the things that Mm. you know about yourself that you really don't want to look at just like maybe like some shoes or clothes (laughs) that you never wear. So you shove them way back in your closet and never want to see them again until that corner of your closet just builds up and builds up and then just overtakes you one day (laughs) or fall on a case. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So this slide 
entitled Unconscious Beginnings. Um, this is a, this is referring to the early parts of everyone's life. Um, we part we we start out as part of, of a collective. As we grow, our family, friends, school, religion, culture shape our personality. In the external world, this environment is very conventional, and the conventional code holds specific guidelines of what we believe, what things mean, and how we should behave. This conventional order, but within us, an entirely different world. And this inner world, for most of us, is as chaotic as ocean waves during a storm. And this is what Carl Jung called the, the unconscious, the internal chaos. And it, just kind of elaborating further on this is that this is the program. You know, this teaches us how to think and this process of individuation um, has kind of been stolen from us in a way uh, from the very beginning, from the moment that, you know, we had to learn a certain way. We had to learn a certain curriculum. We had to read certain books and, you know, the certain questions had to have one answer. There was really no flexibility here. And so, you know, we're going to see here real soon that embracing your inner chaos is what makes you an individual. And so this turning away of those clothes in the closet you're not wearing, so to speak, metaphorically, um, are really potentially the best parts. Absolutely. That, that is what makes you an individual. All those unique things that no one, is, no one else experiences, that no one else thinks, that's what makes you you. And the process of, of schooling specifically public schooling is to eliminate you. It's to put mm. you into a box, to mold you into um, a, a tool that will fill a singular purpose within a future society. All right, what is individuation? Let's get into it. So Young believed each person is unique and has a distinct destiny. The individuation process was Jung's way of explaining the path to optimal personal development for an individual. The purpose of this individuation process is to increase the individual's consciousness. So I kind of want to stop there for a minute because we place so much emphasis uh, in our lives, especially we see this a lot in the spiritual community about raising our consciousness, but how does one raise their consciousness? Well, we illuminate the things that are in the unconscious. So how are we going to raise consciousness without swimming in the abyss, without swimming in the night side of life, the night sky, nuth? Um, so there's many ancient civilizations and uh, stellar and lunar cults where they study the stars. They were enamored by the night sky. This is where they got all their information. So, you know, we've been taught to not to we've been taught to fear the dark, to, you know, to go inside before the, it gets dark outside when we were children. So from a very young age, the darkness has been tainted, has been uh become an egregore it's become you know something to fear yes they've turned that uh into the bad 
everything dark is bad, everything light is good. So with greater consciousness, individuals can heal the splits in their mind between what's conscious and unconscious, bringing them to wholeness in their psyche. In the first half of life, we do our best to develop a healthy ego as we seek to meet our basic external needs. The second part of life is what um, represents a turning of inward towards deeper part of ourselves. This inward turn starts the individual individual individuation process. Uh, prior to beginning the individual individuation process, we have certainty. Through the course of our development, we form solid self-identity. We think we know who we are, mm. but this self-identity is always one-sided. It's an illusion. You're only looking at what you think you are. You're, you've developed this ego of, of where you fit in that classroom or that sports team. Um, you're in your family and you think that's you, but there's much more to it. So what we're going to get into is the polarities within the self that have to be recognized and brought into balance for the, in, the true individual to, to manifest for you to really become you. Yeah, sure. Because we are unconscious, we don't feel the inherent tensions and oppositions between the conscious self we know and the unconscious parts of ourselves. The masculine seeks autonomy. The feminine seeks communion or relationship. Integrating both masculine and feminine principles within your mind is part of the goal of the individuation process. So, you know, I talk about this a lot uh, in my Instagram, those mystery teachings I've been doing there about this split psyche. And uh, we've talked there about psychopathy and uh, really the epidemic of just being unintegrated. And when we start to embrace the feminine, uh, the unconscious parts of ourselves. That identity that we once uh, held so tightly towards to 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 define who we are, whether it's a musical interest or how you dress or, you know, who you hang out with, what do you what community, what groups you hang out with, um, all of those things, while relevant to some degree, when you start to understand who you really are, you it, it kind of shifts. You you don't really feel the need to have to identify as anything who you are is constantly evolving and the more that you go through the individuation process you're going to see how quickly you grow and expand you know just like that initial image uh, at the beginning of this presentation that you are always in motion you are always changing and so this is to be embraced to change um is to evolve and to evolve is to raise in consciousness. And the way that we get there is through this integration of masculine and feminine energy. The alchemical wedding. That's right. Too fast. So Jung found that opposites create tension in the psyche. 
If we don't learn to address these tensions by denying the opposites, we repress the undesirable part of our consciousness. Mm. Repressing doesn't eliminate the opposite or the tension itself. It only makes them more destructive in our psyche by strengthening our shadows. Repressing tension makes us one-sided and it leads us to project our unconscious fantasies into reality. When we deny these internal tensions, we enforce our delusions and self-deception. Um, wow. This really makes, makes me think back to the first slide that where we showed the schoolroom and the, the classroom of kids being forced to not be individuals, to be part of the group, to have one, you know, one-sided answers to everything in life, you know, Whereas in these little minds, these, these shadows are already appearing. They're already becoming, uh, they're already becoming their own person, but society, maybe their family, the teacher tells them to repress the shadow more and more and more. So when we see in our current society, uh, the, the epidemic of school shootings all over, and the constant argument of over the firearm this is what i this is what i see when i see that you know these these kids are having this avid avid uh shadow subconscious reality that's brewing within them until all of a sudden it just blows out into everyone else's reality because nobody nobody told them that that was that was a normal part of being life that they had to embrace that uniqueness of themselves instead that's this that's a very very extreme example of it but this is you know this is a a, a great you know great example of of what could happen well and then you think of the shadow, you know, we've been thinking, you know, there's all this, the memes out in the world about the shadow being this, you know, demonic or scary, um, you know, this thing following me around um, that wants to come out, but it's, you know, it's the gremlin. So therefore people don't do shadow work. They don't swim in the unconscious waters. They don't embrace the night side of themselves. And therefore, you know, what Chad is just saying is that it's going to come out somewhere, you know, and whether what we should either decide to look at it and decide to heal it or bring it to into consciousness and put a light on it, um, or it's going to show up in, in another way. And this is where these unconscious fantasies that Carl Jung is talking about start coming into play, you know, whether it's sexual repression coming out in some very strange sexual fantasies. So everything's going to come out, whether you like it or not. So to me, wouldn't it be wise to allow it to come out as it is showing and surfacing and and doing some of that unconscious work before it gets to a place where it's detrimental? Instincts and the psyche, the instincts, um, are our biological roots, our body, the psyche in Jung's 
conception is the totality of mental processes that include both conscious and unconscious forces. Anytime we try to favor the psyche over instincts, mind over body, spirit over nature, or vice versa, we disassociate from a part of where we are. So this is just another internal uh, tension of opposites that's that's happening in all all points of our life. Um, again, just stressing the the balance of mind and body and how everything has to work work within um, with each other to have you know. To, to stay on the path to, to self-mastery. So this, you know, we've been taught that logic and that the left mind, like the mind that is more structured, it's more logical, it's analytical, it's more science-based, it's, it's language and writing. Um, that has been favored, uh, you know, throughout our entire culture and society. And what has been missing from education and just from our values, if you will, is the feminine aspect or the feminine brain, uh, which is more intuitive, which is more imagination, creative, and sees symbols and pictures. So when we start to look at like images like this mandala that we're looking at right here, what you're doing is when you look at that image, whether you know what it is or not, you are exercising that feminine mind. So it's already bringing this integration within your psyche uh, in harmony. So pictures, you know, art, artwork, these are all communicating with our unconscious in addition to our dreams. Our dreams are that night side that we're talking about here. And your dreams carry unconscious information. And the reason that your dreams, you know, are so hard to remember when you wake up, which is why running up and getting your notebook and writing them down is so essential because they fade away because it's something that we haven't looked at yet. And so it hasn't really been completely fleshed out. So it's hard to carry it like a, an actual memory where like a memory, you lived through it and you have a memory, but a dream is a little different than a memory because it's not, it's something that's in the unconscious that is trying to come out and it fades away until you find the lesson to find the meaning of what it is. So this is a very powerful image that you chose here for perfect So now we'll get into the stages, the three stages of individuation. Um, already talked about the shadow a little bit, but the shadow archetype represents all the personal traits we have ignored, denied, or cut off from ourselves. Individuals first get to know and integrate their shadow, all the disowned parts of themselves they alienated to create their personality. Mm -hmm. Joseph Campbell commenting on uh, uh, Jung's concept is that the aim of one's life, psychologically speaking, <clears throat> should be not to suppress or repress, but come to know one's other side. And so both to enjoy and to control the whole range of one's capacities in the full sense 
to know oneself. Beautiful. You know, obviously, if many of you guys have worked with me in the mythic city healing method, uh, we work with archetypes. Uh, we work with the tarot. Uh, we work with the unconscious. And it's very interesting how different a type of healing it is when you are doing unconscious healing. And for me, it's a it's a very creative process in a way of healing um, versus just the the traditional ways um, that we've kind of been introduced to, especially in the Western world, um, where it's always talking about or even writing. Again, that's more of that left mind uh, masculine energy. But when you work with images and you start to see the archetypes, you actually can see an image, whether you make it a person or it's a deity or, or that archetype ends up being, you start to have this um, inward conversation with yourself and all of the many different softwares that are running and you get to know them intimately. So I love this, um, this quote from Joseph Campbell, because it has to do with really taking the time to get to know the whole scope of you. And to I, the part that I've always find it perplexing is why do so many people not want to do that? I mean, I find the the entire process to be completely illuminating, exhilarating to to learn about yourself. I mean, that's just so wild. It's just the back to the earlier slides with the you know the conventional society, the family, teachers, you know, then your friends that they, um, you know, in in this conventional society we're only supposed to discuss certain things there's clearly like thoughts that once they come out of your mouth or you know in a group at a party or uh you put something out on social media you you immediately get mobbed or or worse people are even afraid of the mm -hmm. confrontation so they just people that you used to talk to just all of a sudden disappear into yeah. the into the outskirts because you were, you know, you've now been, um, you know, banished due to your wrong thing. Mm, not, yeah, no longer part of the group thing. So therefore you get shunned. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And as a, as a kid, I spent many, uh, many class days on the corner for the, <laughs> for the wrong thing. In detention. <laughs> detention. <laughs> Turn around and face the wall. All right. The stages of individuation. Stage two, the anima animus. The anima is the feminine component of a man's personality. The animus is the masculine counterpart in a woman. Young saw the anima and the animus as enlivening souls or spirits within men and women. This archetype connects us to the impersonal collective unconscious. To young, they are essential building blocks in the psychic structure of every man and woman. Wow. So it's interesting you chose that image. I, I used it for <laughs> uh, So 
this is very telling because again, going back to, we all have masculine and feminine energy within us. And I love that the last sentence here are the building blocks in the psychic structure of every man. Now this is, this is very important, especially in the work that I've been doing with you guys um, privately and in all of the programs uh, that we've been doing at sacred anarchy is developing the psychic, uh, the psychic skills that all of us possess in this technology. Once you get to know your esoteric technology, your psychic abilities start to skyrocket. It's not just intuition. You start to even visit the higher world thing, and then you don't know why you know those things. So you start to uh, develop um, these other senses, okay, outside of the five senses, you start to have these other sensories, right? Whether it's clairaudient, clairsentient, claircognizance, clairvoyance, and such. So without the masculine and feminine coming together, or in this case, you know, the anima and the animus within each of us, that psychic skill is going to be blocked, so when you think about someone's like, I don't understand how I could be sharing all this information and nobody gets it. Like, why don't they get it yet? And it's like, but you have to remember this all goes back to individuation. This all goes back to, you know, has that person, you know, allowed themselves to experience their unconscious waters? I've got a question. Do you think that it's easier for women to get in touch with their inner masculine versus men getting in touch with their inner feminine. Okay. Let's talk about that. I will say yes, because the way we have been brought up is very masculine. So I have this conversation a lot with clients where a lot of us ladies myself included, have been very masculine dominant. Uh, not all of us, but many of us are very much programmed to, we've got to do all these things to make things happen. Um, so I think, yes, we're able to tap into that masculine energy, maybe a little easier than men, because I think all of the feminine energies, whether it's man or woman, has the the feminine needs healing. It needs to come out of the waters. To a degree, do you think that's biologically or more like culturally encouraged that for a you know a woman to be a badass and I don't well, I don't think I do think that our culture has programmed us this way. But if we look at our ancestors, right? If we look at our the ancient civilizations who lived with holarchy, where everybody was part of a whole, and they were using their whole mind. So when I say that, what I mean is that, you know, we see like the hieroglyphs in Egypt, you know, we see all of these ancient symbols and we, you know, all the studies with the, with the, with the stars and astrology and the magis and all of these incredible, uh, ancient arts, these divination arts that our ancestors did, and they were using an integrated mind. They were using both masculine and feminine because you look at, you know, even astrology, it's, it's very scientific. It's very geometrical. You know, we've got some very linear things and very um, structured things that are very masculine, but then you've also got that creative interpretation of things. So I do think that 
biologically, we are meant to be and have uh, are meant to be whole the way that we use all of our mind together. And I think through the times, through the years, through the thousands and the millennia of time, we have split our psyche. And I think that's even how the ego got created, in my opinion here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely agree from the the masculine side of this conversation. Um growing up a uh, man in the United States, it's uh it's it's not it's not it's not uh, well received to to tap into any like feminine things right. within, you know, this in the slightest way or you're immediately, you know, called a faggot or worse beat up you know whether whether it's in your school or within your family uh and then onward into the rest of your adult life and there's the well upon that the group think you know the the bully you know bullying and thinking that he's so cool and powerful when really he's a symptom of a of a split mind you know, if we start recognizing what bully, psychopathy, you know, what these behavioral behaviors that we're seeing act out, it's like, okay, the first marker here is how do we in- reintegrate the anima, you know, part of the man and the animus part of the, you know, masculine counterpart of the woman. And these are the better questions, in my opinion, of getting us to that holarchy. Oh, look at that with this high priestess. Sorry. Yeah. Stage three, the self. The self is the archetype of wholeness and self-transcendence. Usually a wise old man or a woman often represent this universal image. Jung borrowed the concept of the self from the Hindu philosophy. He described the self as the totality of the whole psyche, distinguishing it from the ego. The ego represents a small part of this whole psyche. Think of the self as an unknown inner divine center we explore throughout our lives. So there's that wholeness. And again, the ego that, you know, this, this small little piece of ego, you know, it's almost like the ego was developed over time um, to sustain life in the current current of how we live you know it's almost it's almost like the ego had to be formed for survival right because of the because of the split psyche it's i don't think it's a natural part of who we actually are as humans i think our species is actually a very benevolent species i i think that when you have a a holistic mind a holistic sense of self that you're not that's why I think it's so difficult for people to think that sacred anarchy could be a viable solution for creating the new world because they don't recognize the split within themselves. Because as soon as you start to integrate, you feel a lot more love just in your heart for yourself and for mankind. Yeah. You see the, um, what, what I see is, is, is the, um, the projection of the, everyone's shadow on everyone else. Mm. It's like, why couldn't there be uh, a world without leaders? Like, well, the world would turn into absolute pandemonium. People would form roving gangs and 
kill each other and and you know shake each other down for money it would just you know be it would be pandemonium it's well would it or is that what your shadow is telling you it would be is that what you would do are you now telling me how you would act without uh, some kind of supervision or authority well there you just kind of nailed it there because that individuals or that group think mind person um just showed a fear and the fear if you follow the fear you're going to start swimming in the night side you're going to swim in these unconscious waters you're going to figure out like why do i think that why does that freak me out why do i feel like someone needs to come save me what where is this coming from and when you start playing that why ladder in your mind of why, why, why? And then you finally go ding, 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 and you get the answer. Okay, now you've just attempted some shadow work. And this is how we start to uncover all kinds of stuff. And for me, it's like the more that you dig, the more gold you find. Absolutely. Um, if you confront your shadow and... Uh, realize you have a divine masculine and a divine feminine, you could obtain stage three. Well, and we've got here the the high priestess holding the Torah, which is the tarot, which is the way. And, you know, balancing these two pillars, masculine and feminine, light and dark, um, you're going to find the way. You're going to be able to climb the tree of life. You know, this is all lunar energy here this is such a beautiful card in so many regards but it's this integration of both that is the way the integration of both but you got to look yeah you got to be brave enough you got to be courage enough courageous enough to see but not see with these eyes see with this eye no one is free who has not obtained the in empire of himself wow no man is free who cannot command himself pythagoras wow and pythagoras laying down anarchy <laughs> to all the eloquently saying that all the people that believe they have to have an authority uh, a governing body um looking over them constantly they're not free. They can use the word freedom all they want, but they know no such thing of what freedom really is. I love this. We are an individual empire. You know, we think about building our empires as like our businesses or our family that like I'm, I'm leaving my legacy, but your inner empire, you know, the empire of self, and, you know, think of yourself as, you know, the Tower of Babel, where it's like every layer is leading you closer to these higher worlds. And you start to, you know, once you and I'm not saying I've reached the highest level here, but you start to process information in a completely different way. And that information becomes a, uh, you know, what I call a divine download, where it's like, I don't I didn't used to have these divine downloads before, but all of a sudden this type of information is very um, easier to understand. You know, I remember reading a lot of these philosophical books and being like, well, this is like so advanced, you know, but like the more you do it and the more it's not just the reading, but the more that you uh, use the symbols and study symbology and uh, hieroglyphs and learn about art and the visuals and the mandalas and all that stuff 
just by doing that, then you go and read something, you're going to have this completely different stream of consciousness or a completely different way of, of, of dissecting what you just read or just learned. And it's a pretty miraculous experience that in my humble opinion. I had to follow the ineradicable foolishness, which furnishes the steps to true wisdom. <laughs> I love, I picked this quote because it, it just, you know, it was inspiring to, to do whatever's, you know, your, your heart's desire. Like, you know, you have a urge to do a, <laughs> a, a, you know, a skill, uh, obtain a skill that you've never obtained before. Like you want to paint, like go paint. You want to, you know, you want to learn how to fish. You want to kayak, you want to climb a tree. Like <laughs> you have to do these things to, you know, find, find the self. To play, to experiment. I love the word experiment. You know, it's like, I, I try to share with, you know, those of us in the inner temple magic Academy and in the natural magic segment, we're doing all these detoxes and, you know, experimenting in the kitchen, you know, even if you don't think you're a good cook, that's, you know, repressed creativity, if you will. Um, everybody has the ability to learn new things. And I love just the act of experimenting in the kitchen because one, you're working with your hands, right? This year working with the, actual piece of art, um, and then creating something that nourishes you. So there's, there's so much that comes from play. And, um, I, I love that we could just keep that, that playfulness alive within us. Um, no matter how old you get <laughs> the, word, the word in, ineradicable, it's like, you're not going to be able to, It might be a big mistake and you might not be able to, to you, you can't erase it, but those little mistakes are what builds this, the true self, the takes you out of the repressed shadow and you, you find out like things about yourself you never knew you could do. Mistakes, so many beautiful things and mistakes. And, you know, I feel like our culture has also made us, um, fear to share things because we feel like we don't know enough or, you know, what if my knowledge changes and, you know, I no longer, you know, I see things in a new way and it's like, we're allowed to evolve. We're allowed to mature and, you know, see things in a new perspective. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I would say, you know, if there's something you want to share, you know, I, I always say, leave a little wiggle room, you know, don't come at it from a, from a standpoint of lecturing someone or being a know-it-all because, you know, what's the quote, like the person who thinks they knows it all, like no, actually doesn't know anything. I don't know, totally botching that. Jack shit. <laughs> it's like, the more I know, the more I realize how little I know. I think that's what it is. And I don't know who said it. So Feel free to totally right on <laughs> to awaken means to realize one's nothingness. That is to realize one's complete and absolute mechanicalness and one's complete and absolute helplessness. So long as man, as a man is not horrified at himself, 
He knows nothing about himself. Well, there you go. Okay, so it's like, this is a humbling experience. I feel like to to master, the path to self-mastery is a humble one. And until you recognize that, you know, we're not designed to be robots. We're not designed to be perfect. And in fact, the more that you can laugh at yourself, be horrified at yourself, you know, and, and find, still find joy within that without being, um, you know, self-sabotaging or uh, vindictive to yourself. You know, the person staring back at you in the mirror um, is a spirit first and foremost. And I think when we can have that that level of humility, you know, the the strength card in the tarot is coming up where that that lion has his tail between his legs, but then he's licking her hand and they're having, you know, he's very humbled, but it, it, it's like he likes being tamed by this by this grace. So I love this quote. It's very interesting. Yeah, uh, Gurdjieff was a interesting um armenian greek armenian mystic you know it just brings me back to the you know facing one shadow you know and the shadow isn't isn't a monster under your bed unless you you want it to be it's um it's the things that you might be ashamed of 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 yourself um things you've done things you said things you're interested in um but as long as you're not, you know, your shadow isn't involved hurting other people, like it's to be embraced and, you know, he's saying be, be horrified yourself, be helpless, you know, surrender, surrender to yourself and, you know, learn how to embrace, embrace those darker places. Well, it's like, how do we find our purpose? If we don't swim in the abyss, everybody's sitting around trying to, you know, get all these readings. Tell me my purpose. Tell me who I'm supposed to be with, you know, tell me all these things, but your purpose is dwelling, hanging out with the shadows that you aren't looking at because they bring up uncomfortable memories or there's fear around them. But, you know, your story, whether, you know, it's been a, a hard ride for you is, is wrapped up in your purpose. So if you're suppressing those hard things, then you're also forfeiting your true purpose. And if you're, if you're, if you're distracting yourself with the group mind, with, with the, 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 all of the, the mechanisms in this world around us from, you know, news media uh constant entertainment constant leisure drugs alcohol you're just not you're not ever going to find your true self you're you're you've been uh you've allowed yourself to be matriculated into the group mind which is the opposite of you know this entire conversation the long one long one for the last quote <laughs> uh joseph campbell says to become in Jung's term individuated to live as a released individual one has to know how and when to put on and to put off the masks of one's various life roles when in rome do as the romans do and when at home do not keep on the mask of the role you play in the senate chamber but this <laughs> Uh, 
Doug, Doug smelling our food. <laughs> it's just beyond the door. But this finally is not easy since some of the masks cut deep. They include judgment and moral values. They include one's pride, ambition, and achievement. They include one infatuations. It's a, it is a common thing to be overly impressed by and attached to masks. Either some, <laughs> either some mask of one's own or the mana masks of others. The work of individuation, however, demands that one should not be comp compulsively affected in this way. The aim of individuation requires that one should find and then learn to live out of one's own center and control one's for and against. And this cannot be achieved by enacting and responding to any general masquerade of fixed roles. So playing, you know, I think also, you know, to kind of further, uh, you know, fast forward 50 years that we have been taught to wear a mask in order to be considered professional. And if we, to me, a professionalism is a psyop. It's a way to get you to wear a mask instead of to be your true authentic self. So even though there's so much truth in this quote, I want to kind of reiterate that, you know, when you go down this path of individuation, you're going to see that, you know, it's one to, it's one to be playful and enjoy you know, do as they do in Rome, you know, do like the Romans do like on vacation. But I don't think that you should have to, you know, be something in a job and then come home and be someone different. In fact, that is how we kind of got into this mess in the first place with having this split mind is feeling that we have to play roles instead of like being ourselves. And I think this might feel far-fetched to some, but you truly can be yourself all the time and that there are many different archetypes that you can embrace at any moment within you um which doesn't have to be a mask it's a part of the self it's the it's the civilians that dwell within your mythic city and there are many and those are you know your crew and they're all supporting you you know they're in service to you to help you grow and to have the life that you desire. I just want to add, if you're in situations where you can't be yourself, you're in the wrong situation. You're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong job. You're in the wrong, yeah. you know, group of friends, like whatever it is, like that's in your power to change. Absolutely. All right. So I just want to kind of leave you guys with some things to think about, but also some action steps uh, in, in addition to uh, the, you know, the philosophical conversations that we're having each week here at Sacred Anarchy Live. Um, there is also things that I'm doing every single week with my clients uh, in different products that we have at sacredanarchy.org. So I want to take a moment to talk about this concept of purifying your inner temple, because I do see this as the process uh, the a beginning process of individuation, which is an alchemical journey. So whatever is suppressed or repressed is also stored in the body because the body is your temple. 
and it surfaces as thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and physical symptoms. So this concept of purifying your inner temple is really seeing it as a magical process. Um, You are magic. You are a technology. And the more that you understand and listen to the signs, right, which are thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and physical ailments, then you can begin the path of course correcting. Well, what is this symptom or what is this angst or negative thought or you know, biting my fingernails or whatever the the behavior is, where is it coming from? So in the Inner Temple Magic Academy, there is a new segment that we've been doing now for a couple months uh, called Natural Magic, where we're basically using Mother Nature uh, and uh, spiritual principles along with physical principles like your diet and such to remove harmful toxins and neurotoxins. And the reason for this is that toxins affect the glands, right? They affect your hormones, your your endocrine system, all of it, your nervous system and lymphatic. So it, that affects your thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and then they surface as physical ailments. So we're not taught that our thoughts and emotions and behaviors are symptoms of harmful toxins and neurotoxins that live within the body. Um, And so instead, we want to start acknowledging how we are doing life and the quick fixes that we've adopted to save us time or because we're, you know, we don't want to deal with it or whatever the situation is. And instead, be mindful Um, Start bringing the unconscious behaviors, thoughts, and emotions into the light, bring them into consciousness. So this is where we get into improved well-being and ultimately a healthy psyche. So detoxification is a magical process. Learn the proper sequence to upgrading your DNA and frequency. So these are just some of the symptoms that I kind of put up real quick to kind of give you guys um, something to think about. It's a lot different than just the physical symptom, although I do have, you know, breakouts and sudden sudden skin issues here, but why don't you just take this in? Like, you know, how do you know you need a detox? Well, do you feel insecure even when things are going well? Do you lack creativity or feel like you're stuck in a rut? Do you feel scared about the state of the world? Do you feel ready to take your life in a new direction or do a makeover? Do you feel that you're meant for more, but you're not sure where to start? Do you experience moodiness or erratic irritability? Are you frustrated when your goals aren't happening fast enough? Maybe you beat yourself up when you eat junk food or have a drink. You know, these are all internal dialogues, these unconscious um, thoughts and behaviors coming to the surface that are trying to communicate with you in a symbolic manner. Do you have pain in the body? I have no idea why. Do, Do you not feel that you're tapped into your psychic abilities or into the divine? Do you compare yourself to others? So these are just a few things that, you know, we don't really think like, wow, I need a detox. Um, But again, all of these symptoms go back to that alchemical process that is happening within you and it's happening in stages. So that's why I say that the detoxification process is sequential. 
you know, the, the seven stages of alchemy, you know, starting with calcination, going through and starting to dissolve all of the residue, the leftover gunk that has been clouding our vision. One more slide, I think. So natural magic is teaching you how to master your inner world. And so I want to just give you guys a link. If you're interested, you can join for 49 bucks, see what it's all about. If you want to stay and take advantage of everything that's available, awesome. We can't wait to have you, but you can learn more about natural magic inside the Inner Temple Magic Academy at sacredanarchy.org forward slash inner dash temple dash magic dash academy. And that is a wrap. Any final words you have, Chad, before we say goodnight? I own me, you own you, Agape. Until the next time, we'll see you later. Awesome. Thanks so much, you guys, for showing up live. We will have the replays up if you missed any portion. I'm also, as I mentioned, I'm going to be adding the the live cast to the Mystery School. So if you're not already a member of the Mystery School, you'll be able to uh, join uh, absolutely free and have access to all of the episodes. So if you want to listen to them in your car, on your commute to work, uh, or just in your free time, and you want to have it handy on your phone and not have to go to BitChute and Rumble, I want to make that convenient for you guys. So stay tuned for that. If you're not already on our newsletter, check us out. There's some free good stuff on our website and we'll see you guys next week.